Welcome to our first podcast. You are listening to the Chronic Sisters podcast and you are joined by me, Sean. And me, Jess. And uh, guys, it is our first podcast It's ever. exciting. It's so I'm exciting. Excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm pumped. Um, and so we obviously have been teasing you all with this podcast for a little while. Um, and it's a passion project for Jess and I and we are so excited to share it with you all. Um, so I guess we just go with an introduction of who we are, hey? Yeah, let's roll with it. Nice. So who am I is a very deep question. But I guess on the surface level, I was born in England and I came to Australia 10 years ago and I am a qualified registered nurse who is currently practicing. Um, and you've guessed it, I've got heaps of chronic illnesses. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> if you didn't know by the title of the podcast, I'm a chronic sister. So um, that is my caveat to me. What about you? Tell us about you, Jess. All right. So I don't come from anywhere else. I just come from Perth. I have been here my whole life. Um, I am also a chronic sister, but also a practicing nurse like Sister Shan. And that's kind of how we got the sister in the chronic because nurses often refer to each other as sisters. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that is us. And I am practicing in pediatric intensive care and palliative care. So that's what I do during the day. And uh, we've picked up this side hustle to... Yep. Because we don't do enough, apparently. Apparently. We, apparently not. We don't burn the candle at both ends enough. So we thought, why not add an extra thing? Yeah, spicy. 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 So spicy. But I guess how we met was we both studied our grad program at the same time. Um, and For those who don't know what a grad program is, it's when you finish uni and you're fresh, fresh out the womb, fresh, fresh baby nurse. Baby, baby nurse. Baby fresh looking into the world of what scrub life and night yep. shift looks like. So we started that journey yep. together, together seven years ago. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's a long wow. time. Wow. You've been around a while. It's <laughs> a hot minute. Rusty. <laughs> yeah, shit. Um, so yeah, but the funny story with my grad program is that my chronic illnesses actually got in the way of mine. Um, so I am very upfront with my um baggage I guess you could say um my flair my spice um so I was very upfront when I went through the hiring process and I actually got my grad program taken off of me because I was deemed um too much of a liability because I was too look sick look at us now look at us now look at us, look now. At us now started from the mm. bottom now we're here yeah, yeah. Mm. Sorry, uh, we sang that. We didn't play it. Um, we don't need to pay a lot of royalties for that. <laughs> hard to tell. It's so good. Um, so yeah, so I actually had to fight to get in, um, and now I have struggled my entire career to maintain my nursing um, because of my chronic illnesses, and I thought that I was very much alone in that fight, and it wasn't until. Jess and I um, shared some of our stories together that we kind of realized that we were going through it as the same thing, but with a different theme. Yeah, but let's just go back a little bit because back seven years ago, apparently uh, Sean didn't think I was going to be her friend. So oh. <laughs> uh, if we could just talk about that for a hot minute. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, I was quite intimidated by Jess um, because I came in on the back foot because obviously I had to fight to get my program back. So I started later than everyone. And um, Jess 
was super charismatic and confident and had friends with um, the nurses that she was working with, um, who is also one of my friends now. Um, but I didn't have any friends and I also wasn't working with any other grad nurses on my ward because I was the first nurse to go on a grad placement on that ward. So I was very isolated and very intimidated and I felt very vulnerable. And uh, Jess, being the confident gal that she is, um, gave off a little bit of a, you know, the mean girl moment. And it's bloody rude, honestly. <laughs> now I don't know what I was thinking. Good. And um, I take it all back um, and I, I am sorry. I guess. Apology um, accepted. Yeah, Everyone, great. you've all heard it. I finally, I finally accept the apology. Seven years later. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. But also, going back to that, so Sean and I did, we really did bond. And I'm going to say probably over the last couple of years more mm. so, this year my health has probably taken a turn for the worst. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've tried to die a couple of times this year. We'll get into that yeah. in later episodes. But I did feel very alone and there's something incredibly isolating about having a chronic illness and going through it. You kind of, you just don't want to be a burden and you kind of, by a couple of weeks in, people stop checking in to ask how you are because you're just a lot all the time. Yeah. Um, and Sham was the only one that got it and she was there morning, night, even when I didn't fucking want her to be there. Yeah. She was there. There. Forcing me to eat, yep. making me food, yep. all the stuff I knew I needed but didn't want to ask for. So... We thought we would create this space mm. to educate, validate and just let other people know that you're not alone. Kind yeah, of thing. for sure. Because we kind of felt a lot of strength from each other in recognising that, oh, I am not the only person that's feeling like this and not the only person that needs to kind of figure out how I'm going to navigate the next week whilst also being a productive person of um, society and a good friend, and a good partner, and a good family member, um, and a good nurse. And then you kind of drop yourself off the list. So I think especially in the last year with you being so sick, I kind of tapped into what I would want as like a chronic illness sufferer. When you know that you don't want to ask for help and what you actually want someone to do. So I actually, I physically bust my way through Jess's door, cooked her food, put it in the freezer and made her eat it. Not um, once, guys. Not <laughs> once. Often. <laughs> Lots of times. Um, and you know what? It's brought us closer together. Um, through strength and struggle, um, we've definitely um, grown into uh, great compadres, I would say. And that's where this has been born from. Yeah. For sure. Because we want to be that safe space um, for everyone else. So we decided that we would absolutely run with this idea yeah we're gonna and, give it a proper um, hot shot hot go yeah. a hot go and i've 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 been told throughout my life that i needed to write a book and you know that was actually our original idea yeah was to write a book yes um i am i'm gonna i'm gonna say it a terrible reader slightly dyslexic and when i have some free time not that i have much i'm not reading and no. so it was a great idea in theory yes but Sean and I talk a lot. Yes. So we thought, let's use that yep. to our advantage. And Absolutely. we talk a lot at work. And in fact, in my palliative care half time, because I do 50-50, my desk is uh, a short, probably 15 steps from Sean's. Yeah. And uh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. dangerous. We talk a lot. Yes. Often getting hot ideas for the pod. Yep. Um, but we thought, why not 
create a space where we could talk about it, not at work, um, but yes. make make it a thing. And we also realise that we're terrible, and I mean terrible, at our own self-care. Oh, like beyond terrible. We're gonna, we're gonna get into that theory, but also this podcast has created a space for us to focus on actually let's look after each other but ourselves yeah. and make sure others are doing the same and not doing what uh what <laughs> we, we are we doing, do but we'll frequently. talk about that yeah 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 we're a lot all right so one of the things that we put out on our instagram was what you guys who are fellow sisters misters and siblings of the chronic life what you wanted someone else to know about your chronic illness. And the thing that came up in the responses a lot was the idea of the spoon theory. Now, for those of you that don't know, don't worry, we're going to educate you. Welcome. For those of you that do know, we're going to validate that that is an absolute thing. top it's a theory. Top theory. Use it. Oh, Every day you should use it. We should use it more, in fact. Yes, amen to that. So what we've done is we've actually Googled it because... Everyone has that at their fingertips. Um, we've Googled the, the definition of a spoon, the spoon theory, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. We did. Um, I mean, it's a pretty easy theory to wrap your head around. So pretty much this chick called Christine Miserandino, spicy last name. Sorry if we've mispronounced yeah, it. Yeah, sorry, Christine. Uh, my bad. I think I did pretty good, though. That was a good, yeah, that was a good shot. Well I, I nailed it. I said it with confidence. That's, that's, that's all you need. Yeah. And back in 2003, she kind of put this out there as a theory to express how she felt about living with lupus. Um, So what it is, it kind of, uh, when you go back, way back into the real story, she was out for dinner with a girlfriend and she was taking meds at dinner and her girlfriend said, oh, like, what's it like to live with a chronic illness? And she had a spoon at at the dinner table. Um, Just in her bag. Yeah, she's whipped a spoon out. <laughs> she had a spoon next to her napkin and a fork. Visualise it, guys. Visualise. Visual, visual. So she put the spoon down and she kind of said, look, this is a visual representation of the units of energy that I kind of have in a day. So say you have 10 spoons in a day. What you have to do if you have a chronic illness, you often have to think about those 10 spoons and how you're going to preserve them and make them last a 24-hour period so that you don't crash when you get home. Mm. So say it, it kind of forces you to plan your day in advance so you can keep your energy, so you can continue to be a functioning member of society. Yeah. So say I have 10 spoons. I, again, very belt self-care, um, I just... Went back to work after some lovely glandular fever. I wish I had a spicy story for you all on how I got the glange. But uh, unfortunately, I think just a child at work probably just coughed in my face. So no spicy, just mm. getting the D. There is none of that. No. Um, no. Future episodes. Future, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully I can share it with you. Um, but anyway, so say I just actually came back and I really should have spread my spoons out uh better than I did so I went back for eight shifts in a row Mm. yeah three of them being 12 hours coordinating an intensive care unit and just getting up to get to work and pack my lunch pack my food for 12 hours you need breakfast lunch and dinner and snacks I'll have you know to sort all of that out to sort my puppy out to sort everything out I reckon I honestly think it would probably take four of those 10 spoons to mentally prepare myself for what's to come Mm. And to get myself to work in handover, ready to start a day of running a unit. And 
when you think, okay, by the time that happens at 7 a.m. Yeah. I've uh, only got six spoons to get me through till getting me home. And by the time I come home, I'm running on empty mm. and I come home and crash. And that's what I shouldn't be doing. I should save one of those spoons at home for me for self-care and to recharge before day two of eight. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's the spoon theory, yeah. everyone. Absolutely. And it's almost like someone who doesn't have a chronic illness, when they're doing a thing, it may only cost them half a spoon. But for someone with a chronic illness, just getting up out of bed and, for example, I washed my hair today. Wild. I washed my hair and that took me a lot of energy. It took me... You didn't just wash it, sis. Oh, sis. I washed it, blow dried it and straightened it all for the podcast you're welcome. You are welcome. You're welcome. All because my brother said we had to video it. Yeah, look, I really wanted to go for the audio, but he brought in the visuals and I was just like, oh, not sure about it. But, but your hair, it looks great. Thanks, Sean. mate. Thanks. But that actually, I have to plan that in advance because that's a lot of energy for me to hold my arms up above my head. And I have quite a lot of thick hair. It takes a lot of energy. So to wash my hair, blow dry it, straighten it actually took me a few more spoons than a regular Joe person it would so that's what the spoon theory is about is that we actually the fee for us as chronic illness sufferers survivors however you'd like to spin it warriors oh yes that's nice um we have to pay a little bit more for the regular day things so there will be times when you actually don't have any spoons left but you've got a dinner um and you need to go to it but you actually don't have the energy to. And that's okay. You're allowed to not have any energy. Um, It's not supposed to be this go, go, go machine that we're all pressured into thinking that we have to be. And we, we especially do it a lot. And we regret it after and we say we'll never do it again. And yet we do it again every time. Every time. So we're also hoping that this podcast will actually allow us to abide by our advice that we would give mm. to someone what's um, it say preach what you i don't know what's that saying do as i li- say not what i do but like yeah. more of the preach thing but we're going to do what we say yeah now. we're going to try and do it um yeah. and we're going to use this as our accountability meter yeah um so that we can actually put some effort into it so with the lack of spoon theory or the spoon theory and how we abuse it i think you coming back after you know, brushing over it quite briefly, nearly dying, and then coming... I still uh, have hepatitis <laughs> and uh, I'm neutropenic. And for the visuals, people, look at my arm. I've just had more bloods done. So <laughs> if that doesn't say chronic illness life to me. Yeah. Just having a blood blood bank yes. going to go. Twice a week, everyone. Yeah, Love Tuesdays, that. Thursdays, but today I spiced it up and did it on Wednesday. <laughs> just before the podcast, yeah. just really living. Yeah. I got, I'm a busy gal. Again, no spoons, but I just got to cram it all in. Yeah. So today, because what am I doing tomorrow? Working. Yes. Yeah, yeah, working. Do you think that us wanting to cram so much in, and I've thought about this a lot, do you think that as a chronic illness sufferer, we cram stuff in as a compensatory thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, look, I've only probably realised that in maybe the last 18 or so months mm. um it I kind of realized that yeah back in 2019 I had a pretty wild year but again we'll save some for later um in not terms giving of you spice, all at once but I went through a 
pretty hectic uh, separation from a partner and I just made myself so busy. It was mm. more like, you know what? Okay, so this might have happened, but how can I excel and be the best in every single other area, every aspect of my life? And how can I almost ignore the fact my endometriosis was beyond bad mm. then? How can I just ignore that for a little bit longer mm. so that I don't have to have that surgery and stop and stop and focus on myself? What else can I do? Should, should I renovate a house? Yeah, sounds great. How many spoons do you have? Half. All right, let's renovate. Like that's what I was like. I just kept going. And I think it's a compensation. You don't want people to pity you. You don't mm. want people to go, oh God, why is she doing nothing? Why has she got off a week of sick leave? Like yep. I didn't, I didn't want to stop because I didn't want people to think I was fragile and vulnerable to yeah. be honest but if like if you lost a limb you would take the time off because it's visual yeah right yeah like it's you can almost someone can visually validate that you need time yeah. by looking at you but when you have a chronic invisible illness let alone a chronic illness like you on the surface you look fine it's almost like you don't have permission yeah to completely. be to feel sick or to allow yourself to surrender to how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. And just literally on that, that's exactly right. Like I, again, I've been back at work this week, um, having not long recovered from another terrible illness and some sepsis where I had a hot minute in hospital. Sepsis is an infection in your blood for those. Yeah, peritonitis, an infection in your abdomen. It was bad. But this week I felt so frustrated. I'm just going to put it out there. I felt so frustrated because I was at work working deep down I felt like a bag of shit like mm. I really did but I'm an ICU nurse I'm a palliative care nurse the people I look after are having a far worse time than I am so it's very easy to block what's going on with me yeah because I'm currently looking after a family who are experiencing the worst day of their life yeah so I ignore 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 but I, this, this was honestly the only thing that triggered me last week people would come up to me and go, God, Jess, you look so good. You mm. look, you don't even look sick. You look so good. Like, you look great. Oh, you must be feeling great. And in my head, I'm like, do I have time after work to get that blood test? What time did the paths uh, yeah. worst shot? Yeah. Like, when do they shot? I, I, you know, like, and I got so frustrated. I'm like, yeah, I might fucking look okay, mm. but I, I feel like shit. And here I am pouring my heart and soul mm. into somebody else because what in, in, with greater perspective and in the scheme of things, my problems aren't huge, but you know, I, it, it still, it does take it out of you. And yeah, that's probably the thing that triggered me the most. It's an invisible illness. So people mm. think, Oh, you look good. Mm. And then I'm, I'm worse. Cause I, I tend to want to make my outer appearance look better. Mm. And I do that every time I get really sick. So for the visual people who are watching, yes, I did just dye my hair chocolate brown yesterday because <laughs> that's how I cope with the glanche. Okay. <laughs> so that's, yeah, I, I am one of those people that are like, well, we can't let people know that I'm broken on the inside. Mm. So I'll just fix the outside so that I look way better than I usually do for a 12 hour shift yep. to overcompensate. Yeah. That's exactly what I do for all sure. the time. And, and I think truth. It, and I think it's a definitely like a common trait in people who do suffer from chronic illnesses to to do that, to overcompensate, to feel like you are keeping up with the Joneses and to make yourself feel like you are a little bit normal. But with that as well, it's really dangerous in this comparative um almost comparative uh pain. So like you said, the the people that we look after um, 
it is the worst day of their lives. Like it is the worst day and you can become swept up in the idea that your problems don't matter um, in the grand scheme of things but they do like everyone's equilibrium is different right so my worst day may be someone else's like pretty good day and my pretty good day would wipe someone out for a month like we can't compare apples to oranges because that's just not appropriate but we do yeah and I think nurses we're bad we're oh. bad at it we're bad but then nurses with chronic illnesses we're almost worse but oh, so we do bad. like Sean said we do have to look after ourselves because we do do a very special job mm. and we need to continue to be there for those families yeah so if we don't take the time to save a few spoons for ourselves and look after ourselves we can't keep doing that mm. and what we deliver every day is a pretty special job that not many people will ever be it will ever experience in a lifetime mm. and uh, don't get me wrong I do love huge aspects of of that job but if we don't look after ourselves we're not going to be able to continue to do it so I just think yeah we need to we need to preserve a little bit of us so we can look after us but continue to look after our families better and not yeah I don't know I just I think it's 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 so hard to balance because oh. it is perspective but we also need to realise that, yeah, our bad day might be a bad day for us and we need to realise that mm. and a- acknowledge that so yep. that we can make the really bad days for the people we care for that little bit better, I think. I'm so sorry. This is a very squeaky bottle. Yeah, you try to be hell subtle I'm about so- it and you're looking like a creep. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The Okay, real talk, chronic illness vibes. The meds that I'm on dry my mouth out and I'm so paranoid that all people are going to be hearing is... <laughs> like that's how... I'm so sorry. I can't so hear it. So you can't right. hear it? No. Okay, great. Because I can, well, that's all I can hear. Between that and my ticky heart valve, yeah, can that's we talk, all I can hear. Can, can we talk about the bloody ticky heart valve? <laughs> so I'll let Sean tell you what, what happened with, with that whole situation. Mm. But just as a friend, um, and if we're going to play the non-medical friend, I've got my nurse hat off. You sit with Sean in a quiet environment, e.g., I don't know, just having some self-care time, yep. reading a book that we're yep. both reading and talking about to each other, sitting and watching a movie. All mm. I can hear is... Yep. So... <laughs> that, that, that was pretty yeah. accurate. It's very that was accurate. A quick, that was quite tachycardic. Yeah, I was, I was excited bit slower, in that. A yeah. little bit slower. She was, yeah, she was yeah. excited for that demo. Yeah. <laughs> but tell, tell, us about, tell us about your ticky heart. Okay. okay, so one of my chronic illnesses uh, is a condition called Marfan syndrome, and it's a connective tissue disorder. Um, and I've had it from birth. Um, I didn't catch it. Um, How do I'm, you get it? Well, I got it because I'm a mutant. Um, I'm still waiting for my invitation to the X-Men. I have been waiting for it for a very long time. If you get one, can I come? Absolutely, you can come. Um, so my, basically, my it's a, it's a genetic thing. So it's all in your DNA. And my gene decided, yeah, I'm going to have some spice in my life. And changed. fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, basically. And ruined my life. Um, no, not ruined. Ruins hard. Made it challenging. Character building. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll call it, character building. I'm an excellent character, hence why I thought I'm good enough to run my own podcast. The The main main character of my own life. God damn it. So anyway, back to me. Um, So my Marfan syndrome affects your connective tissue. And obviously, um, for those of you that don't know, welcome to the science class. Your body is made up of all types of connective tissue, bone, tendon, muscle, the whole whole shebang. Nothing is left untouched. I think this... 
really helps that we're both nurses. Yeah, yeah. right. We can yeah. we can make we can, the heart yeah. sound a little bit like easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's I like good. this. Yeah. So um so basically the the structure of your muscles and stuff is supposed to be like quite strong, right? And Marfan's we're a bit we're a bit loosey goosey. Um so my heart valve, um the aorta, so the one of the main valves in your heart. Uh, was a bit flappy um, and it, it got a bit too flappy. Not her aorta, her aortic valve. Oh, my aortic valve. My Also, my aortic yeah, root. Yeah, aorta's root's not good either. Not good either. Um, so uh, the actual vein, almost, the, the artery, the bit, the tube, baggy. Like So basically, like a balloon, it blew up under blood pressure um, and the Marfan's meant that it didn't stretch back to what it normally no was. No elasticity. None. Kind of like a oh, – this is a fucking disgusting description. Go. Like a sausage skin, yeah, or like a condom. Wow, wow, that's a lot. Isn't wow, it? but that's that's, that's, that's some that's imagery, it, guys. Yep, just put that in your head. Great, thanks for that. <laughs> Far out. Um, so they had to replace it, um, and they put in some plastic tubing, and they put in a mechanical heart valve. And before I went in, um, the I've told you this story before. The anaesthetist, yeah, yeah, I love, um, love this story. Um, so classic me and, chronic classic um, validation. So, yeah, woo. Um, so me and my dad were in um, the hospital back in London, and the anaesthetist comes in before my major open heart surgery. Um, comes in, um, talks me through all of the uh, risks about uh, the the anaesthetic dying, etc. It's just the form you have to sign at the beginning of the surgery. And um, at the end of it, to sign off before going away and then me going into surgery, just looked at me and my dad and went, see you on the other side. For those who can't see us right now, both of Sean's fingers are crossed. Crossed. Like, hopefully. Good luck. Good luck. Hopefully. We'll see you there. Not Maybe. sure. Definitely. <laughs> so me and my dad just kind of look at each other and just like... <laughs> That is not what you say to someone before going into open Especially heart surgery. Especially not the fucker that's putting you to sleep. Like, this is in your hands. <laughs> oh, hope I do a good job. Hope you stay with us, Sean. Wild. Anyway, so before that, um, they didn't mention to me that I might be able to hear it afterwards. And before I had my heart valve surgery done, I could not sleep in a room with a clock I still can't. Oh, I think that's why it triggers me. It drove me absolutely mad. Like, mad. I couldn't sleep. Okay, welcome back. Technical difficulties. It's episode one. Give your gals a break. Ugh. But uh, we were recording and mid-record, everything just stopped. Stopped. And I'm like, well, is the power pack charged? She's like, yeah, it's on 100%. And then she goes, oh, fuck. I put it in the wrong hole. That's what she said. <laughs> Rule number one, never up the bum. Never up the bum. Never. No bum stuff. No bum stuff. No so stuff. I'm so sorry, sorry about that. Sorry. Um, sorry. Aware, uh, let's just, let's have a little hot minute, bit of a breath. Where were we? We were talking about your ticker. Ticker. You were sharing a, you were sharing a bedroom. I was sharing I a bedroom. excellent memory. That was good. That was well done. Thank well you. retrieved. Thank you. My memory is terrible. Yes, but I okay. care for the team. So yeah, that's good. We're you. back and Sean is charging. Mm. The we're charging the, we're charging the charging recording. The station. Um, look, lesson learned. We're all here to learn. Yeah. And episode two. Imagine how good episode two is going to be. Going to nail it. So good. It's going to okay. be fully charged and in the right <laughs> freaking port. Anyway, anywho, back to me. So 
I'm sharing a bedroom with my um, sister who's three years younger than me. She doesn't have any spiciness in terms of chronic illness. She is a spicy gal. Don't get me wrong. Follow her on Instagram. But hot. Oh, babe. She's hot. Babe. <laughs> taken. But taken, hot. but hot. Um, just as weird as I am, just with a very good surface level yeah, yeah. like oh she nails it yeah she nails it another story for later in the ep- in the podcast of growing up with a sister that looks as good as mine and when i look as lanky as me i guess we'll talk about that later anyway back to me so i'm in a sharing a bedroom with my sister and we were like waiting for an airplane or something back in england and we are asleep and in her sleep she punches me in the chest I'm like, what? Wakes up and she punches me again. I'm like, ah. I roll over and then in the morning I was like, why why the heck did you just punch me in the chest twice? She's like, oh, I was just trying to stop the ticking. <laughs> I was like, sis, you know if you stop the ticking, I, I stop. I die. I'm yeah, dead. R.I.P. Shan. That's my heart, man. Like... <laughs> if you that, can't stop that yeah, no, that's vital <laughs> like we need you'll that. get done for murder yeah. sis. don't do that <laughs> don't do that i'm sorry that you can't sleep but man oh man don't murder me <laughs> in our sleep wow that's heavy hectic hectic heavy. so that's that's my fun story but i've got many stories about um the ticking um i was studying in a silent study room at uni doing nursing and um, I was summer in Australia and I also can't regulate my temperature very well so if it's over 27 degrees I'm hot Um, and if I'm under 27 degrees I'm freezing 27 is my sweet spot yeah if it's 26 I'm talking oodies yeah fluffy socks leggings a heated blanket I'll have you all know there's currently one on our laps now right now um on the second hottest setting so (laughs) and you know what let me tell you it's probably only in the uh mid-20s yeah. outside now but yeah. we, we're, we're hot in here yeah. it's hot oh i'm i'm pretty good i'm i'm ready but anyway i'm leaning on the table to do my work right um and i'm got like a stringy singlet t-shirt strappy vest on we call them vests in england you guys call them what, singlets a, singlet. a vest has a zip doll no, it doesn't that's a, a body vest warmer. is the vest we wear to work over no our that's a body warmer a body warmer yeah or a gillet Oh, rail. Rail. Gillet. Gillet. A vest that nut. Yeah. Okay, anyway, she's Anywho, wearing a singlet. I'm wearing a singlet with strappy spaghetti straps. And a singlet. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm leaning on the table writing. And I don't know, some form of science, but leaning on the table on my rib cage almost like microphones my heart. Like it's an outwardly ticking sound now. And so <laughs> I also don't have like nothing's covering my chest. So it's just skin to the air and then it's reverberating off the table and then people around me are are specifically in a room to be silent they're looking around like what the fuck is this ticking noise and i'm like i don't know you're like who the fuck is that i don't know Uh, oh no i think someone's calling me and then i leave because literally four people were turning around like looking around to try and find this loud ass clock that kept changing the tip. Do you reckon, this is a big call, do you reckon if you put it up to the mic, you'd be able to hear it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, like, I feel like you all need to hear what I hear on the reg. <laughs> the, okay. Hang right, on. Let's I'll see. Just, Let me see. I'll just keep talking while she sets yeah. herself up. Oh, you can. You can hear it? Yeah. 
She's also, guys, this is through a jumper and T-shirt. This <laughs> yeah. is not skin on mic. No. <laughs> so she loud. She's loud. She loud. And I got, um, so I'm getting a new hip before I'm 30. Um, soon. soon. Not just before she's 30. Quite soon. soon. In like three months. I'm getting. You'll a, come on the journey with us. Yeah. Um, getting a hip replacement. And I found out the most fantastic news. She's a one-man band. The hip might squeak. <laughs> It might squeak when I walk, so I'll be ticking, squeaking. And I can't wait for that 15 step from her office to mine. Just, <laughs> yeah, tick, 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 tick. Here comes Sean. Here she, here she comes. What the fuck she want now? The one-man band. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that that's me. That's my um, that's my that's one of my many heart stories. But, um, yeah, it's um, it's a fun little thing. I now love it. Like, I love hearing it. But I can also hear when it skips a beat, so that freaks that's me out. That's scary, man. You Ectopics. don't want to know that. Oh, Ectopic. there she goes. Yep, there's, there's that missing one. Yeah. Oh, we forgot that time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Ooh. not do that again, hey? And one time it, it didn't tick for a while and I was like, oh, am I? Oh, no, there it is. <laughs> nah, just, nah, that would give me <laughs> wild anxiety. That, nah, no deal. It's fun. It's like, uh, wonder what today's going to bring, ticker? Nah, yeah. Can't, nah. When it gets like some palpitations in there, so, uh, oh. it's a what remix. What happens when you, like, if you get excited about the pod? Or it's it like, like <laughs> yeah, it gets up there. It's, yeah, it gets hot and hot and ticky. Yeah, for sure. Spicy, spicy, spice of life. Yeah. It's an, it's incredible. It's a, it's um, it's something special, you know. It is it's something special. None of my other friends have this, no. so you are special, sis. Thanks, one in a million. You are. Is yeah. that the Marfan statistics? No, I think I think it's less than that. Mm. Like it's pretty common, and that's the problem like, for Mar fans. That's what the, a lot of the um, foundation work does is around um, education because a lot of people can have it and not realise. Yeah, right. Um, and the main thing that it when affects you is your heart. When were you actually diagnosed? I was diagnosed when I was around six, six or oh, seven. So quite late. Yeah, yeah. So I had to have a couple of things happen beforehand. Um, so. I had diaphragmatic hernia, which is like a hole in your diaphragm. Yeah, I look and after many children yeah, in the intensive um, care with that. So my hole in my diaphragm, all my organs from below my diaphragm Pop are in up. my chest. Yeah. Have a really wicked x-ray. Yeah. I might put it on the Instagram. Yeah, we should. Sham with no lungs. Yeah, sham with no lungs and intestines yeah. just chilling up here. So the reason that my family knew that I had something wrong with me um, was because when my mum fed me milk, she could hear it... Um, in my chest like you know when you drink water and it like swirls around in your stomach she could hear it like up here like in my chest she was like that's weird like I was their first child um my parents but is this pre or post diaphragmatic hernia pre you went home with the diaphragmatic hernia yeah dude I was 18 months old right yeah and like I couldn't poop a lot of children don't survive a diaphragmatic hernia yeah. repair, I can confirm. <laughs> yeah, so... So the, you are an anomaly, aren't yeah, you? The um, fact that you get to ooh, 18 yeah. months with no lung space. Yeah. Did you have a little bobble head? Did you have a hectic I work of know. I don't know. I don't know. I must have been okay, like, to make it to 18 months. Your parents must have thought your sister was a goddamn breeze. Yeah, and that's why she's, like, was a devil child yeah, as a teenager, yeah, 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 you yeah. know? So, yeah, so I had a diaphragmatic hernia, and then at 18 months when they did that x-ray, they found that I had scoliosis, which is curvature of the spine. And so from the age of 18 months old up until when I had my surgery when I was nine, I had plaster Paris. And so the photo that I put on our Instagram, if you want to go check it out, the Chronic Sisters podcast Instagram, there's a photo of me in my plaster Paris. And so I had one of them on and it got changed every three months. And 
Can we tell the people how long you actually wore this for in total and what a day in a life looks like with yeah. that on? Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. It's, it's pretty full on. I yeah. think I think even yeah, I think most people think, oh yeah, she has it on and maybe she takes it off to shower or she puts something on it to make it waterproof mm. or she takes it off for sleep. I don't know. I think I don't think people actually realize what it was like to live with this on 24 hours a day. Yeah. It uh, yeah, it was um it wasn't great. Like luckily I was in England um and it wasn't like 40 degree heat. Yeah. But um yeah, so uh, it's a plaster Paris. So, like, if you break your arm, um, it's the same sort of stuff. And it was on my whole torso. And it, would, it used to be changed every three months because basically what they wanted to do is, like, grow you straight, like like a tree. And um, it didn't work. Is that the Spoiler. that you put in a plant? <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. Um, so <laughs> Next episode, guys. Yeah. So, um, but it was hard work. And so the thing... you. It wasn't until I was maybe eight that they started to get the ones that you could take off. So it would be three monthly. You can't take it off. You can't have anything underneath it. Um, It's sweaty as. You can't take a shower because you can't get it wet. So then my I had to bath in like an inch of water um, and use a flannel or a cloth um, to wash my upper body and to make sure that it didn't get wet. And my hair had to be washed over the sink. Um, I had really long hair as a kid as well. So, you know, it was really rough. And then buying clothes to fit you with like a big plaster Paris cast on over the top as a kid, like you had to buy like elastic trousers and baggy jumpers. And then when um, I went to school, I had to wear it obviously underneath my school uniform. So the school uniform back in England was a white polo shirt, um, trousers or a skirt um, and a jumper. And in the summer we would just wear um, the t-shirt and kids being kids, kids are the worst man. Like they're so brutal um, for things that they don't really understand or there's something that's different. And one kid just loved tormenting me and he would get tennis balls and throw them at my back because it would bounce off. That's horrendous. Because it was like plus Paris, yeah, yeah. right? And I had to spend like most of my lunch times walking around with like the dinner ladies that like referee the playgrounds, you know, because I was just scared and kids are mean and it was awful. And I was top heavy, <laughs> like not in a good way, like not bosomy, like but like. You are now though. Thanks, babe. Yeah, um, thanks. Um, but. I was top heavy. So like I ran like an absolute idiot because I had two chicken legs with like a freaking brick on top. And so I'd be like, it's like that. Oh my God. It's like, it's like, what's that guy's name in Despicable Me? Yes. Yes. It's, yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's me. I, I have the nose to prove it as well, to attach it to it. Yep. So <laughs> yeah nah but it's true and um so I was really crappy at sport as well and you know playtimes were lame (laughs) I was yeah look childhood was this thing I guess that people have to go through um character building more character building we've done a lot of that so much speaking of character building who I was thinking about this who are you most nervous about listening to this podcast and that like hearing all our deep dirty secrets all about our life like who who are you most I don't know nervous about listening to this 
Is it those people from back then? Nah, nah. fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah fuck them. Hey. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. No, um, no. I think um, that's a really good question. I I actually reckon my mum. Do you think? Yeah, for sure. I wonder how she's going to take it. I know she probably will, she will hate that. But yeah, no, I think my mum because I I spend a lot of time. I think a lot of my personality of like get on and do it is to protect my family. Yeah. From having to yeah. feel pain and I hate being the source of their pain. Yeah. Like growing up as a kid Feels, yeah. and my mum actually like I gave my mum white coat syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. Every time she goes to the doctors, even for herself, she'll um she'll freak out. Like yeah. 100% her blood pressure will go through the roof. Yeah. And um she also has PTSD now from when I had a stroke. So every time she cycles to work and an ambulance mm. drives past her, she has like a full Both on meltdown. Yeah. So that's like, a big story. Big I story. think we'll save that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, can't give you all of the cow. And, you know, can't sell it all. <laughs> a little bit of just stories bit for of the milk. future. Mm, just a little bit of ice cream, you know? Just a little bit. Stop it. The van's coming later. Um, no. Oh, I've got dry mouth again. Hang I can't, on. I can't, Hang on. I can't, I can't, I don't I can hear it. I can hear it, man. I can hear so it. So your mum, that's, that's. Yeah, my mum for sure. Mom. Because I, I, I don't want her to, I'm assu- I'm assuming her feelings now, which my therapist will tell me is the wrong that's thing to do. That's not what we do, Sean. But I, I don't want her to feel that I'm, I'm, I'm in pain. I want to be strong for my mum. Like, that's how I've yeah. grown up, you know? But I think she's going to be so proud that, like, we've oh, done yeah. this and, like, we are channeling it and making a space for for others. And, and we're, we're, you know, yes, it's pretty – some of the stuff we're talking about is pretty heavy. Oh, yeah. But we're having a lull. Like, yeah. you know. We're throwing in a laugh we're about throw, it. We're and throwing in a laugh. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of chronic people deal with um, their shit by making it funny. Yeah. Humor's got to get you through. Oh, man. Yeah. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah. And humor is just a big thing. I was talking to my eyebrow lady, actually, about the three H's when looking for a partner. Humor, humor, number one. I thought you said human. I was like, yep. I hope they're human. (laughs) At the moment, I'm not being fussy, but human (laughs) would be good. Mm. Humor. Yes. Height. Yes. That's that's a new one. Sure. Okay. And my eyebrow chick reckons hairy. I really like Ugh. long hair, but she likes a bit of like bloody oh. man fuzz on the chest and okay. the hands kind of thing. That's a lot for me. But yeah, humor. It gets everyone through life. And if, oh, for sure. and if you live with a chronic illness, you don't want to be with a fucking wet blanket, do you? Nope. You need You need someone that can match you. Yeah. I think so. I think that's really big. Yeah. And I think making light of the situation, it's not taking away the seriousness of it because we know how serious it is. But it's like, if you're going to have to struggle through it. Yeah. You know? like no, I don't want to dwell on it all the time. Oh, make it a bit fun. Yeah. You know? Cause uh, and I think your mum's going to think we're fun. Yeah? Yeah, I reckon. Oh, I, probably. Yeah, I, again, I, I'm probably just projecting. But what, what about you? What, who's your person? I, I don't know if there's a person. I really, I've, I've thought about it. Initially, I was kind of like, oh, maybe like all my high school, like if a high school teacher listened to it and stuff. And like, I don't know, because I feel like when we're talking about growing up and kids being bullies, I didn't. I just hid all of this part of me growing up, all through high school. No mm. one knew any of this. Yeah. But then I kind of thought maybe, maybe you know, the whole friendships, a season, reason, or a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I think those. I love that. Yeah, I think those friends who were a season, or friends that were in my life and very significant people for a long time, and now for one reason or another, 
are not, which mm. again is another pod episode. But I think those people I'm a bit nervous about because here I am opening up to a public forum about mm. being very vulnerable. And like I said, a lot of my issues, I haven't given the space and attention and love that they deserve. So mm. I have unfortunately got quite sick Um and so I've never opened up about any of this. Yeah. I opened up to the extent of, oh, yeah, I've got endo. Oh, yeah, I can't eat gluten. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, I shit a lot. Like, that's <laughs> like, mm. you know, that's it. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I took seven gastro stops before an ICU shift. That was kind of as deep as I got. Sure. And so now creating a space where there's no filter. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I'm nervous about those people who were once walked through a chapter of my life and yeah. they might listen and go... I don't know. I'm scared of the judgment. I think what they think. I'm a bit nervous yeah, about that. Sure, and I get that. I yeah. get that for sure. And I think everyone. Uh, and it is about being vulnerable, and it is about allowing people to see into those deep, dark spaces that we have behind behind the netting, as they yeah. say. But yeah. I think it's so valuable, and like our vulnerability and creating this space is going to be great for us to like really own it. Yeah. But also to like allow people who are also at the start of their journey to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel hurt. I feel yeah. seen. And like even Sean and I doing this, we've had friends that have chronic illnesses. Mm. And yes, they're friends, whether they're work colleagues or friends of friends that we know and we know them socially or professionally, but they've actually reached out to us and say, hey, hey like if you ever have guest speakers on, can I've never spoken about this. Mm. I'd like a space where I can feel safe and speak about it. Yeah. So I'm excited for what's to come. I'm pumped. Yeah. Like I'm pumped. Like looking through all of the comments that we've had so far of like, I've never felt so seen and yeah. like all of that stuff That's that amazing. just brings me so much joy that's why we're doing it oh it's a hundred percent why we're doing it i've got goosebumps thinking about it like if little baby spoons out there yeah listen to this and they'll go far out like and like you can have a chronic illness but you can still live your life you can still so have amazing absolutely. friendships relationships you can be successful yep. we are very qualified nurses we actually yep. do survive and thrive. thrive um sometimes not so well yes but we we are just normal gals with some hectic chronic illnesses and i think that between the two of us we're not just targeting one like i know there's pods out there for certain things where it's a mental health pod or it's a endometriosis pod or a space but because sean and i i don't know we come with such a variety of experience <laughs> and diagnoses yeah um we kind of cover it all so we want this to be a space where okay uh, like Sean, I I don't I have never had a stroke. Mm. I don't have a mechanical valve. No. But we bond on many other levels mm. because having a chronic illness it, whether whether it's endo, whether it's Marfan's, like we can all relate to each other. For sure. We can all create a space where we can share and feel hurt and mm. that's I think that's been so cool that we've been able to target quite a wide range of people, yep. not just one demographic. Yeah. Kind of and do you know what I'm super interested in is a guy's perspective yeah like chronic illness like yes there is a lot of space around endo and and women and you know women love a good chat love a good chat but I'm actually super excited to like venture into guys with yeah. chronic illness because I've grown up and I've met people in hospital who have had Marfans as well who are guys yeah. and like I've met people through the Marfans Foundation um 
who are guys and their experience is going to be different but the theme is going to be the same yeah you know yeah and so and the expectation is going to be different yeah so i'm just excited i'm, I'm excited. excited i'm excited to connect and connect oh, with other people and I love have, it. A, have a laugh about it i love it because life's a bit too serious sometimes and um we like to put a spice on things i think it's because we're pediatric nurses um that we always like to make stuff fun and yeah. like yeah you know we have a, a a jump in our step yeah. or you know you, you put a spit on it but I have this is a lot I have um sung while giving CPR okay because you know you're a pediatric nurse like don't get me down I can it was all successful and that's and fantastic fine. but like you know you just you just you just want to be a little bit what did you stung? sing um recently it was baby shark <laughs> Stop it. It was, mum said it was the fav- their favourite song. But I ran out of siblings. I was like, baby shark, do, 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 yeah. do, grandma shark, do, do, yeah. do, 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 went through the whole tree. Yeah, it was a lot. Anyway, all was well. That's great. They went home. Great. That's L- fantastic. Exactly wow. <laughs> but yeah, just. I'm never going to hear listen to that song again uh, uh, yeah. with the same way now. Sorry, sorry about That's that. That's fine. I'm so but sorry. That was a lot. That was very heavy. Everyone's that was heavy okay. for the end. Yeah. But speaking of heavy, um, so my friends, this, okay. This story starts sad, but is has a funny has a funny end. You know I'm the done. story. I can't okay, so <clears throat> really sad. One of my friends' mums passed away, and um, I knew her growing up. Um, we did drama school together, um, so her mum was really big um, in our like rehearsal space. Like she would look after us and stuff. So it was super sad when she passed away. Um, and my friend put on Facebook a um, memorial page and we can write tributes about it and I wanted to write a little message about the times that we shared because she was a legend so funny like Irish mum just a legend and I wanted to show that and so I was like yep I'm gonna put a little thing on the clip anyway so I clicked on the link and I'm putting my name in and it asks you how you know the person and so I'm it's not my mom it's not my auntie it's I don't really put other but I put other and I was like um theater school mother duck and then um put some stuff on it so then um I was like cool this is a lot of information that you got to put in just to write a note yeah like was it a COVID death and non-COVID yeah death? It was, like, yeah because it was like it, and Sean's um, like oh that's quite intrusive yeah like, like asking I, these questions yeah it was, it was really a yeah. lot and I was like okay sure I'm pretty sure she passed away of cancer but I don't I don't want to put that like that's not what I want to put in the message anyway so I just put other because I was just like this is too much for me um so (laughs) I'm going through and I'm I'm trying to think of this really nice comment that I'm going to write and I click okay and then it pops up and says congratulations you have made a memorial page for Sean Gannon (laughs) pardon what (laughs) I just made my own memorial page I just R.I.P. R.I.P. me I just, I, I'm trying to write a nice message <laughs> to my friend, to my friend's mum. She gets like an email like, sorry for your loss. Yeah. Um, confirmation. Of, confirmation of Shad's death. Confirmation that I'd made the memorial page. And I was like, um, this has gotten out of hand. And she comes to my desk to tell me, right? <laughs> so she's made this. She's, she's dressing. It's not good. It's not good. She can't work out how to delete it at no. this point. So it's still live. Yep. Sean is still dead. No, I, I have. I have. I, we, is, we now have. We now have. Because I emailed them and I said, hello, um, sorry to disturb your day. 
I would like your help in removing the memorial page for Sean Gannon as it was made in error. Yours I am sincerely, Sean Gannon. Sean Gannon. <laughs> it's now not there. I'm very much alive. Um, but she, she, she comes to my desk and she's like, <laughs> right, so I'm sitting there with my palliative care team, tiny team. We're sitting there. She goes, all right, guys, uh, I need to tell you something. We're like, yeah, Sean, like, what's up? And she's like, I'm in the right crowd. Yeah. Definitely in the right crowd. Pal care. Yeah. Pal care. Um, I did a thing. I've done a thing. Uh, I've just just created my own memorial page. And not really sure how to get rid of it yet. Um, but it's me. I'm still here. I'm very much alive. But and like classic. Oh my god, our dark humor is so bad. I just like get a memory box out. I'm like, oh, do you want me to set you create your memory box or no? Thank you. But yeah. Anyway, so R.I.P. Sean. R.I.P. Me. But then that actually leads on to our next episode. So our next episode is actually going to be. Um, Killing off Mother Dark, hey? Yeah. 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 We're okay. going to talk about our nine lives. Yeah. A few times where uh, Sean and I have nearly touched the other side yep. um, and, and come back. So a few yep. uh, hectic experiences, um, what happened then and how it's affected us now. Yep. Um, so that's what we're going to get into next episode. Yeah. 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 So um, that was our first episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks, guys. And if um, no one's told you yet today. You're doing a great job. You are doing a great job. You're I doing, think a, great you're doing job. a great job. I had another quote. What was what was my one I was telling you this morning? Oh, the oh, boiling the, water. Yeah, the, the same water that softens a potato, the same boiling water that softens a potato also hardens an egg. So it's not, it's it's your strength. It's not, it's not the. It's not the scenario around you. It's yeah. what you're made, made of. What you make of, what you make of it. And yeah, what you're made of. So look, I had said that terribly, um, but. We're going to work on the we'll quote. We'll work on the quote. We're just going to, we'll give you a quote at the end of each episode, just to get you through your week. One that kind of like stuck out to us that we, you know, held on to that week to get us yeah. through. Clearly you are hungry. I love potatoes. Hey. I love potatoes. All form of potato. Love um, but yeah, so we're done. Yeah, that's it, guys. So if you have listened to this, please like it, subscribe. Stop it. Stop. Oh, Stop we can it. even make show notes. I don't know what we're going to put in there. But anyway. What's a show note? Like when you like you link the spoon theory, for example. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like you can put links or stuff. Righto. Learning. Uh, learning. We are learning. Um, but yeah, so like, subscribe, share it. Share, share it. what a um, couple of spoonies had to say. Share it with the bloody potato peeler. If you like the yep. the whole cutlery the drawer, potato masher, yep. even the yeah. masher, the spatula, yeah, share spoons it. and spatulas, everybody, yeah, share it with uh, all the utensils out there, um, yep. and yeah, listen to your gals, Sean and Jess, next time for uh, the Chronic Sisters the Chronic podcast, Sisters podcast, another little life update. Love you all guys. Right. See Have ya. a good week. Bye. Bye.